Hey guys, welcome back to the GOAT Podcast. It is Monday, the week of the NFL Draft. Oh, what a journey it has been together as we have been working toward getting to this very moment. I spent a few hours over the weekend putting together a seven-round mock draft. Now, there are a couple of rules for this mock draft. Um... I listened to an NFL GM recently say, former GM, I should, I guess I should clarify, but I listened to him recently state that after pick 150, a bunch of teams don't really know what they want to do, and so after that, it's just a toss-up. So, um, thinking that through, we're going to consider basically saying, you know, after pick 150, I'll admit it. I let the auto-draft take over. No shame. But I did that because it kind of seems like that's what the NFL teams do, too. So today, we have to cover eight divisions in two days. That's a lot. There are four conferences, or four, I'm sorry, four teams to each division, And there are four divisions in each conference, and so you have eight total. And you might be thinking, well, what does that mean? What are we going to do on Wednesday? I haven't decided yet. But what I do know today is I would like to do the AFC East and West and the NFC East and West. So... As we begin, let's start with the AFC East. The Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills have six picks in this NFL draft, and they were able to make some pretty good moves prior to me not picking their last pick of the draft. They have five picks before pick 150, so I did make all of these except the last one. Now, if I don't know how to say a name, do not make fun of me, okay? Doing the best I can with what I got. Pick number 28, the Buffalo Bills take tight end Dalton Kincaid. At pick number 60, the Buffalo Bills are able to take wide receiver Marvin Mims Jr. I don't buy into their defense having a ton of issues. I think you get a tight end and a wide receiver at the very beginning of the class. Absolutely phenomenal. At pick number 92... The Buffalo Bills select linebacker Noah Sewell. I don't know that he'll be there at 92, but he was still there, and I thought he's not going to be here at pick 131, so I'm going to go ahead and take him now. That ended up being a good thing. Started off with two wide receiver tight end pick, uh, two, two picks on the offensive side. Then we would go to three straight defensive picks because we take Noah Sewell. Then we take Mike Morris, an edge player out of Michigan. Look, Von Miller got hurt. Was not able to play. You need to find some rotational pieces. Is Mike Morris the answer to that? I can't say. But I know that you need to find some rotational pieces to try to keep Von Miller alive for an entire season. At pick number 139, Ray, uh, let's see, John Wright, cornerback out of uh, Oregon State. They don't have a ton of needs on the cornerback position because they do have Tredavious White and Kair Elam. But you can always use an extra body in the slot. You can always use an extra guy just in case he pans out to be a valuable starter. At that point, you're drafting for need mostly. And then the pick that the computer made was Mike Nowitzki. 
Mike Nowitzki. Now, that brings us to the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins have four picks in this draft as of right now, and again, I made the majority of those picks, the first three. The last pick was uh, computer-generated, so at pick number 52, because remember, say it with me, the Miami Dolphins don't have a first-round pick because they tamper with Tom Brady, so at pick 52, they take Matthew Bergeron, offensive tackle from Syracuse. Look, there were other, you know, more attractive options at 52, but none that would be better for the Miami Dolphins in trying to protect Tua Tungavaloa. You've got to take care of this kid. You've got to. If he has another year like he had this past year, he won't be playing longer. So you got to try to help that offensive line a little bit. Thirty-five, uh, 33 picks later, the Miami Dolphins are back on the clock with Diane Henley, a linebacker out of Washington State. They lost to Landon Roberts. Need to try to replace him, and hopefully Henley will be able to, to fit that bill. This one was really just a shot in the dark. I wanted to take a tight end earlier than this, but I, I couldn't justify it. There weren't any good tight ends at 52, in my opinion, uh, for the Dolphins, other than the offensive tackle. So they come in to pick 199 and take Cameron Latu, a tight end out of Alabama. I don't know much about Cameron, but hopefully he could develop into being some type of you know productive player for the Miami Dolphins because at pick 199, you're... You're really kind of I, – I didn't make this pick. There we go. I didn't make this pick. I'm sorry. I said after 150 I did the auto sim, and that's what that's what happened here. I, I misread that 199 for 149. At pick 199, the, the CPU is basically saying, what is the need that we have? They needed the tight end. They take Cameron Latu. Pick number 240, Broderick Martin. Broderick Martin, an interior defensive lineman from Western Kentucky. Then we come to the New York Jets. The New York Jets currently have six picks in this draft, and I say currently because there's this certain player that everybody's projecting them to be able to trade and acquire named Aaron Rodgers that is most assuredly going to eat into some of this draft capital. But for now and for the sake of this week, we're assuming that a trade hasn't happened yet. I really hope this doesn't come back to bite me because it's Saturday, April the 22nd, when I'm making this draft, uh, this first episode, and just my luck, the pa- the Packers and the Jets will make a trade and one of these picks will be null and void. But at number 13 overall, the New York Jets take Brian Breezy, interior defensive lineman from Clemson. They come back 30 picks later and take Keely Ringo, a cornerback from Georgia, give Sauce Gardner another guy to play off of. How do you throw against that team? You can't. You come back in the third round with a linebacker out of Clemson, Trenton Simpson. Again, I, I don't see a lot of offensive needs for this team, it's a lot of defensive help. Just continue to make that defense more monstrous. At pick 113, uh, my second-to-last pick that I made for the Jets, they take Tyler Steen, offensive tackle out of Alabama. You do need some offensive line help at some point. Put another body in there, see what he can do. Pick number 145, the last pick I made before the CPU took over, I took Quindell Johnson, a safety out of Memphis. Again, it's all about the defense in my opinion. And then the computer at 209 took Jovan Gwynn, interior offensive lineman from South Carolina. That brings us to the once famous and storied franchise, 
the New England Patriots, who have, let me make sure this is right, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven picks in this draft. And I made the first seven. So they have eleven picks in this draft. Let's get into it. At pick number 14, Devin Witherspoon. The Patriots are known for trying to make the cornerback room be one of the best features that they have. If they want to take away a wide receiver, they do that with corners. And I think Devin Witherspoon is the type of guy that they would like to have. He typically, Bill Belichick that is, has not always seemed to go after the oversized corners. Malcolm Butler, anybody? I mean... They have a couple of guys right now on their team that are fairly tall, but a lot of their playmakers over the years have been undersized, if you will. So I think Devin Witherspoon to them at 14 is pretty much a steal. At pick number 47, boy, we need to get back to the days where the defensive line is feared in New England. Vince Wilfork, you remember his name? Well, I have the Patriots taking Mozzie Smith, interior defensive lineman from Michigan. They come back and pick number 77 and say, hey, we need a wide receiver. We need Ty, uh, what is it, Tyquan Thornton from last year to have some help. Hopefully Mac Jones or whoever's going to be their quarterback will be able to throw to these guys. I have them taking Xavier Hutchinson, a wide receiver from Iowa State. Pick number 108, Blake Freeland, offensive tackle, BYU. Pick number 118, Nick Hampton. Edge, Appalachian State. Pick number 136, Ikuliata, Edge, Auburn. You sensing a trend here? You should, because at pick number 186, after I was done, the CPU even said, no, you need to continue with your defense. They took Mikkel Jones, or Michael Jones, I don't know if you pronounce it a certain way, linebacker out of Syracuse. Pick number 189, they took Payne Durham, a tight end out of Purdue, and then they took Juice Scruggs, uh, interior offensive lineman from Penn State. They did get a kicker, a kicker-slash-punter, Jake Moody from Michigan. I didn't even see that as an option when I was doing the draft, but the CPU knows what it's doing. And then the Patriots come back again into round seven at pick 247, and they took Sir Roderick Thompson, a running back out of Texas Tech. That rounds out the AFC East. Let's go to the NFC East. The NFC East, boy, oh boy, we have a lot to think about because we have to start with the Washington Commanders. The Washington Commanders. Okay. I had a lot of fun with this in the first, you know, four picks for them because I made all of those. After that, the CPU, of course, took over. Here's what I did. At pick 16, Brian Branch, safety out of Alabama. He can play corner, though. And I think if there's one thing that they really kind of need to figure out is that hybrid player. Branch seems to be that type of guy. But I have them double-dipping in the cookie jar, if you will, and going after Emmanuel Forbes, the cornerback from Mississippi State. Look, you're in a division with two teams that you're going to play against four times a year in the Eagles and the Cowboys who like to throw the football. you got to have a no-fly zone. You cannot have them being able to throw up and down the field. Then at pick 98, here's where I had the most fun. 
I had them drafting Tanner McKee, quarterback, Stanford. Now, I'm not saying Tanner McKee is going to be a spectacular player. I'm not saying that Tanner McKee is going to be, you know, a great athlete. I don't know whether he's going to have anything to do, but several years ago, the Washington Commanders in the fourth round took a guy that many people were kind of surprised to see them take. He's still playing in the league, and that's Kirk Cousins. Boy, if they had kept him. Another day we'll talk about that. But give Tanner McKee the opportunity to go in and win that starting job. See what happens. When you get into the third round, if there's a quarterback that's there, you'll see teams take a flyer on it. Mason Rudolph several years ago for the Steelers. Kyle Trask, I think, was a second-round pick, but you get my drift. Uh, You even had... Oh, Russell Wilson, a third-round pick that many people didn't expect to be there. Jalen Hurts was a second-round pick. Sometimes quarterbacks like Tanner McKee are just what a team is looking for to say, hey, let's see what we can do. My last pick that I made for the Washington Commanders was Zach Pickens, an interior defensive lineman from South Carolina. Then the CPU took over for the last four picks. And I'm intrigued and also a little confused. Trevor Reed, offensive tackle from Louisville at 152. 195, Anthony Bradford, interior offensive lineman from LSU. Travis Vokalek, a tight end from Nebraska at 217. And Deuce Vaughn, a running back from Kansas State. That's an interesting pick. I have to say, I, I guess the draft network is saying through their CPU that the Antonio Gibson experiment is over. It's Brian Robinson's team, running-wise. It's his opportunity. He has all of the ability in the world. I think Deuce Vaughn is an interesting pick at 235. That runs out the Washington Commanders, and so now we've got to go to the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-mm-mm. Dallas, I did not do you dirty. I helped you. I helped you quite a bit. At pick number 27, I've been saying this for almost two months now. Um, You've got to get somebody to take the pressure off of Micah Parsons. You have to. Look, Micah Parsons is the type of player that when he is healthy, when he has everything going for him, do you know what he can do? Do you know what's... The, the possibility from Micah Parsons to be able to do, he can take over a game. He can take over a game. But you know what won't happen? What won't happen is if you continue to do what happened last year, oh boy, you continue to have the problems of what happened last year where Micah was triple teamed, quadruple teamed. Basically, teams came in on Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Saturday, whenever they played and and said, you know what? We take away Michael Parsons, we can beat this team. You got to give him another guy. So I have them taking Nolan Smith, edge out of Georgia. At number 59, they go back into the defensive pool and take Antonio Johnson, a safety from Texas A&M. Dallas loves their safeties. They love them. And I think they're going to continue to try to add to that. Number 91, Keanu Benton, interior defensive lineman from Wisconsin. 
I wish you could say that Demarcus Lawrence and others will play forever, but they won't, so you've got to try to put some bodies on the line to see what happens. My last pick for the Cowboys was number 130. I gave them running back Chase Brown from Illinois. Will that happen? Probably not. Do I think that they're a lock to take a running back? Yes. I'm saying I don't think it's out of the ordinary, and I only did it because I think I, you know, I kind of did this in some ways as trying to think about how the team would do it while also having my own spin of here's what I would do. I think it's really possible that Zach Charbonnet or Charbonnet at 59, if Bijan is somehow still there, they might trade up. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of things to consider with the Dallas Cowboys running room, or running running back room. The computer took over at 171, and they selected Jarrett Patterson, an interior offensive lineman from Notre Dame. They come back at 214 and took Charlie Jones, wide receiver out of Purdue. And at 246, they took tight end Will Mallory from Miami. A lot of people are projecting the the Cowboys to take a tight end, and I, I just don't see it. I could be wrong. I just don't see it. Moving on to the Super Bowl runner-up, the Philadelphia Eagles. They have six picks in this draft. I made all but two of them. Here we go. At number 10, they get Edge Miles Murphy out of Clemson. You lost a bunch of players. You had 70 sacks on the defensive side of the ball last year, and you lost a lot of those in free agency. If you can get Miles Murphy at 10, you're singing. At number 31, John Michael Schmintz, interior offensive lineman out of Minnesota. He's a center. He can play guard. Travis Kelsey um, and his brother cannot play forever, and Jason will retire at some point. You've got to put John Michael Schmintz into the mix, and I think if he's there at 31, that's what they do. They come back 32 picks later, and they take Zach Charbonnet, running back out of UCLA. Now look, do you think do you think that the Philadelphia Eagles are all of that confident in just Kenneth Gainwell and Rashad Penny? Now, I think Gainwell's a good running back, and I think he could be a starter. But I think they're going to add to that room. And I think Zach Charbonnet at 63 is a bargain. At pick number 95, they take Tyreek Stevenson, a cornerback out of Miami. You do sign your cornerbacks, you got them back under contract, but at any given moment, a player can become disgruntled. At pick number 221, the Philadelphia Eagles have the CPU selecting for them. P.J. Mustafer, and interior defensive lineman out of Penn State. Final pick, 250, they take Jalen Cropper, wide receiver, Fresno State. Which brings us to the New York Giants, who have quite a lot of draft capital in this draft as well. Let's see, three, six, nine, ten picks. They start at pick number 26, and they take Joey Porter Jr., a cornerback out of Penn State. There were some better options available there, but I think their defense, if you can continue to build it, you're going to be okay offensively. But I do think that they have some very clear needs on the offensive line, as they have for a while. 
I think they have very clear needs in the wide receiver room. And though they have a lot of picks, they only have three picks in the top 100. They only have four picks in the top 150, meaning I didn't make a majority of these draft picks for them. With my draft picks that I made for them, though, in the second round at 58, I took Cody Mock, an interior offensive lineman out of North Dakota State. I came back at pick 90 and took Trey Palmer, wide receiver, Nebraska. And then finally, at 129, I gave them Andrew Voorhees, an interior offensive lineman out of USC. You cannot have enough offensive linemen if you're trying to protect Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. The computer took over at 162, and they selected a safety out of Ohio State, Ronnie Hickman. Then they came back at 174 and took Marty Mapu, a linebacker out of Sacramento State. 211, they took Tavius Robinson, an edge out of Ole Miss. 242, Jonah Tavai, interior defensive lineman out of San Diego State. 245, they took Chris Rodriguez, running back, Kentucky. 256, they took Moro Ojomo, edge out of Texas. That is the AFC and NFC East, but we need to do the West too. So let's start with the AFC West, and we, we can't do that without beginning with the Denver Broncos. So Denver has five picks in this draft. Um, I like Denver's options quite a bit more than I did before, but I also am a little worried for them in some ways. So here we're going. I made all but one of these picks, by the way. At pick 68, I have them taking an edge player, Zach Harrison. Zach Harrison. I think Denver's MO for being a winning team again has to start with getting after the quarterback. And I'm I'm just thinking they're regretting their signing in the offseason. I can't even remember his name right now because he barely played all season. They gave him a ton of money, and it did not go well. Oh, it was Randy Gregory. There it is. They moved Baron Browning from inside linebacker to outside linebacker, and he immediately thrived. I think Zach Harrison could help this defensive line. But they need a linebacker. Good thing is they have another pick at 69. So I have them selecting linebacker Jack Campbell out of Iowa. Dude's a monster, and he's going to give nightmares to a bunch of teams. And if you're in the AFC West and you've got to play against teams like that, you want a big linebacker that will make you think about throwing it over the middle. I think Jack Campbell can do that. At 109, I have them taking a wide receiver, Dontavian Wicks from Virginia. A lot of that has to do with the fact that the Broncos might be trading Cortland Sutton and or Jerry Judy. And a lot of this would change if they end up doing that. But as it stands right now, I'm going to have them just add Wicks to this wide receiver room and we'll see what we got. 
My final pick for the Broncos was Jartavius Martin, a safety out of Illinois. And then Asim Richards was selected by the computer, an offensive tackle out of North Carolina. That's the Denver Broncos. Got to go to the Los Angeles Chargers now. I have uh, the Chargers at 22 selecting B. John Robinson, running back out of Texas. Look, I do think Austin Eckler gets traded. I think the only reason he hasn't been traded right now is because they don't want to tip their hand that they're definitely selecting B. John Robinson. But do not be surprised if Robinson is the pick, but not at 22. Think, think about Philadelphia for a minute. If you got a phone call, and it was from the, the San Diego, from the L.A. Chargers, and they said, hey, we'll give you Eckler and our first-round pick to move up to 10. And you can have an, a coincidental third-round pick next year. Would you take that if you were the GM for the Philadelphia Eagles? I would. You don't have to overdraft a running back at 10 to make sure that the Buccaneers and some other team don't get him. You don't have to worry about overselling the draft pick at 10. You get to move down and continue to have picks. And you added a running back that has scored the most touchdowns in the league in the last several years. No-brainer. Do not be surprised if the Chargers trade Eckler in part to move up for Bijan. In this, I didn't do any trades, so at 22, they ended up with Bijan Robinson. At 55, they come back with wide receiver Josh Downs from North Carolina. None of their wide receivers can stay healthy. I think Josh Palmer is a really good player. I think he'll be there for a long time. Add to that wide receiver room with a guy that catches everything and help out Justin Herbert. Pick number 86, Henry Tuatou, linebacker from Alabama to replace Drew Tranquil. At number 126, John Gaines II, an interior offensive lineman. And those were the final, those were the picks that I made. The last three are from the computer. Jacqueline Roy, interior defensive lineman from LSU. Daniel Barker, tight end, Michigan State. And then at 241, Tyreek Jones, safety out of Boise State. And so we come to the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. And if you are not a Chiefs fan, I don't think you're going to like the first three or four picks. At pick number 32, I have them taking Darnell Washington. Look, I can't state it enough. This might be the deepest tight end class we're going to see in quite a long time. In quite a long time. Take Darnell and give Kelsey the benefit of riding off into the sunset. You got a two tight end set. Kelsey will get open even more. You don't have to force a wide receiver at 32 that you don't necessarily want. Take Darnell Washington. At pick 64, I have them taking Tuli, uh, Tui Pulatu, uh, or Lotu from USC, the edge player. They lost Frank Clark. you got to replace that guy, and I think Thule can do that. At 96, Brandon Joseph, a safety out of Notre Dame. They lost Juan Thornhill, and they have had problems 
on the back end in their safety room in, in quite a few years now. Hopefully Brian Cook from last year and Brandon Joseph, if they did this, would be able to help them. At pick 123, Devin A. Chain, running back, Texas A&M. You don't have to re-sign Jarek McKinnon if you've got him on the roster already. I think Devin A. Chain can be that. Not a starting running back, but definitely a change of pace, Darren Sproles-type player who can catch a bunch of passes and score a lot of touchdowns. At pick 135, they take a wide receiver. Elijah Higgins out of Stanford. At 168, they take Earl Bostick. I didn't make this pick, these picks starting forward. I didn't make these. At 168, they took Earl Bostick Jr. at offensive tackle. 180, they took Corey Durden, interior defensive lineman from NC State. 219, they, they took Servasia Dennis, a linebacker out of Pitt. Again, I'm probably saying that wrong. At 251, they took Makai Blackman, a cornerback out of USC. And then at 252, they took Christopher Dunn, kicker slash punter out of NC State. You know, just normal Chiefs things. Having a draft that they have no business having. The Vegas Raiders. Boy, oh boy. I have the Vegas Raiders at 7, selecting Hendon Hooker. At 39, taking Luke Musgrave, a tight end out of Oregon State, to combat the loss of Darren Waller and Foster Moreau. We really hope that Moreau has a good, speedy recovery from his bout with cancer that he just realized a couple weeks ago now that he's been diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. At 71, I have them taking Jalen Duncan, an offensive tackle out of Maryland. At pick 101, I have them taking Byron Young, an interior defensive lineman out of Alabama. Just put bodies on the line and hope that one of them sticks. I, there wasn't really a ton of options at 101 for them. At 110, Henry Bain Ivalu, an interior offensive lineman out of Washington. At 143, DJ Johnson, edge out of Oregon. At 146, Terrell Smith, the cornerback out of Minnesota. And then I don't make any of the final picks for them. Here they are. They've got quite a lot of draft capital. At 176, DeMarco Hellams, safety out of Alabama. At 206, Anthony Orgy, linebacker out of Vanderbilt. At 216, Tyler Scott, wide receiver out of Cincinnati. At 222, Corey Trice Jr., cornerback out of Purdue. And 233, Daryl Luter Jr., cornerback South Alabama. I saw a picture the other day. That had their draft picks, I think, from 2019 to 2021. There were five in total. None of them are still on the Raiders. One of them is in prison. But none of them are still on the Raiders. Boy, that Mike Mayock tenure was just nasty. Just nasty. So... We want to start to close out this program with the NFC West. And if you're wondering why I'm taking such a long time, it's because I'm writing down the teams. We start with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, They have not as much draft capital as they would have because of their trade for Christian McCaffrey and Trey Lance a couple of years ago now. But they still have quite a lot of picks to be dangerous enough to maybe package some of them to move up. They pick almost three in a row from 100 to 103. 
But because they don't have a lot of draft picks and the Rams are going to have the same problem, I only got to make three of these picks. And by the time we got into the draft for them, there wasn't a whole lot to write home about. So here we go. At pick number 100, Thomas Incombe, edge player out of Central Michigan. At pick number 102, they took Elias or Elias Ricks, a cornerback out of Alabama. It's just, to me, a 49ers thing to do. At 103, they took Steve Avila, interior offensive lineman from TCU. And then I was done. I didn't get to make any more picks for them, but here's what the computer did. Ryan Hayes, an offensive tackle out of Michigan, at 157. At 166, DJ Dale, interior defensive lineman from Alabama. Alabama's cleaning up in this, you know, um, and even especially the uh, the computer generated you know portion of this. One seventy five, Ronnie Bell, wide receiver out of Michigan. Two eighteen, Kendall Smith, safety out of Illinois. Two twenty four, Aiden O'Connell, quarterback, Purdue. Two forty nine, Ventrell Miller, linebacker out of Florida. Two fifty five, Bryce Berenger, kicker and punter out of Michigan State. And two fifty seven, Josh Weil, tight end out of Cincinnati. Now let's go to the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals, I got to make their first five picks, and I had really a lot of fun with two of them. And the first one was Will Anderson Jr., edge out of Alabama. You have to replace what you've lost. We say that all the time, but you are hoping hoping you're not picking in this spot again next year. But you might be. So, make the most of this this year, so the next year, when you're possibly picking here again, you can let the generational defensive talent walk, and you can select a quarterback if you need to. But, nonetheless, at number three, Will Anderson Jr., edge player out of Alabama. Pick number 35, Cam Smith, a cornerback out of South Carolina. they got to replace Byron Murphy, who left. Pick 67, Isaiah Foskey, edge out of Notre Dame. They lost Zach Allen and J.J. Watt in the same offseason. This hopefully kind of puts a Band-Aid on that wound. Then at pick number 97, I have them taking a wide receiver, Trey Tucker, out of Cincinnati. This is purely based off of the rumors and the expectation that DeAndre Hopkins will be traded. My last pick for them, I liked making it, and it's quarterback out of BYU at 106, Jaron Hall. You can take a flyer when you have Kyler Murray under contract for next year. You can take a flyer when Kyler Murray is very likely not going to be playing until December of this year. Take Jaron Hall. Throw him to the Wolves. What does it matter if he fails? You'd probably cut him anyway. So give him a shot. Jaron Hall, quarterback, BYU. At number 170, I no longer am on the clock. This is all computer-generated. Kendra Miller, running back at a TCU. That intrigues me. I like Miller. I think he could be a decent prospect. I don't think he's one of the best running backs in this class. If he ends up with the Arizona Cardinals, though, I think he could be dangerous. 182, T.J. Bass, interior offensive lineman from Oregon. And then they rounded out their draft with Rashad Torrance, the second, a safety out of Florida. 
Thus ends the Arizona Cardinals draft, much like... Oh, those new uniforms are pretty atrocious. Um, Yikes. Let's go to the Los Angeles Rams. Again, the Rams are a team where I only got to make three picks. I didn't get to have the ability to, to really kind of sink my teeth into this draft because they don't have a lot of draft picks because of what they've traded as well. Here's what we know. At pick number 37, I have them selecting Anton Harrison, an offensive tackle from Oklahoma. Andrew Whitworth retired after they won their Super Bowl, and he left a big gap. Literally and, you know, metaphorically. Or figuratively, whatever it is. I'm tired. You got to replace the offensive lineman there. At pick number 70, Joe Tipman was still there, so I I snatched him up. Interior offensive lineman out of Wisconsin. Eight picks later, I have them taking Caillou Blue Kelly, a cornerback out of Stanford. They just traded... Jalen Ramsey, you replace him there. Now I'm no longer making the picks. The computer is, and here we go. 169, Isaiah McGuire, an edge player out of Missouri. 173, Ty J. Spears, a running back out of Tulane. 179, Zach Kuntz, a tight end out of Old Dominion. At 184, we have Max Duggan, quarterback out of TCU, That's intriguing if that happens because Duggan probably gets to play some this year because Stafford can't stay healthy. At 191, Jonathan Mingo, wide receiver out of Ole Miss. 193, Robert Cooper, interior defensive lineman out of Florida State. 225, Jair Brown, safety out of Penn State. And 253, Michael Turk, kicker and punter out of Oklahoma. Which brings us to the last team of the day. And it's a team that I think could very easily not pick in the top 15 if they nail this for a few decades. I know. That's a long time. But I think that's possible. At number five, I have them taking quarterback out of Florida, Anthony Richardson. If there's anybody that you could take a project flyer on, it is the Seattle Seahawks. Give Anthony Richardson the utmost ability to just kind of sit put and do nothing for a year, maybe even two, and let him learn behind Geno Smith unless something happens to Geno. At pick number 20, you have Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Tyler Lockett can't play forever, and they have struggled to find a slot receiver. You do this, you have DK Metcalf, you have JSN, and Tyler Lockett. Great receiving core. Pick number 38, Adetamuya Adebuare. Uh, Edge out of Northwestern. Sorry, AA. Probably am not spelling and pronouncing that correctly. Uh, Pick 53, I have them taking Clark Phillips III out of Utah, cornerback. Continuing to help Tariq Woolen. At pick number 84, KJ Henry and Edge out of Clemson. At pick 124, the last pick that I got to make for them, Owen Papoe, a linebacker out of Auburn. And then at 153, the computer had them take Jalen Redman, an interior defensive lineman out of Oklahoma. 156, JL Skinner, safety out of Boise State. 200, Noah Grindoff, tight end out of North Dakota State. And 239, Tayshawn Manning. Interior offensive lineman 
Kentucky. Well, I feel very good about what we accomplished today. We covered 16 teams in one day. Which means tomorrow we can take our time. That's what I've decided to do. Tomorrow we'll do the South, and Wednesday we'll do the North. You know my Steelers got to go last. And then Thursday we'll have my final first-round mock of the 2023 NFL Draft. Don't forget to subscribe to the other main show and the, the hub there. Leave us a rating and a review. You know, email me. I'd love to answer questions. I'd love to be able to talk to you a little bit about what's going on in the NFL. And if you have sports suggestions, some topics you'd like to see covered while I'm gone, also email me that. We can give those to our hosts and be able to help them that are filling in while the sports of football are kind of dead for the summer. We would be happy to accommodate with some other uh, other topics. Until Monday is done and we arrive at Tuesday, Take care.